Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 118, By Degrees. Hello, Sister Scriptorians. Welcome to the podcast today. I hope that you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And I know it's not Thanksgiving all around the world, but I know that you were given the challenge by our prophet to give thanks. And I hope that gratitude was able to fill your hearts and prepare you to approach the manger to remember the Savior's birth. I believe in the trilogy of the seasons, that when purposefully done, Thanksgiving softens our hearts and it allows our hearts to open to allow the Christmas season to fill our hearts with good tidings and news, to fill it with the love for the Savior. And then the Savior fills our hearts with love towards our fellow men. I believe that the gratitude we express at Thanksgiving opens our eyes to all that we've been blessed with. And then we get to enter December in a state of abundance willing to share our substance with others in the forms of gifts, time, kind words, and inclusion. And then, that usually quiet week between Christmas and New Year's, we then are prepared to reflect on our change of direction that we've made, our new view of ourselves and of God and of humanity, and we believe that it can be different, that we can be different, We have hope that it's all going to work out and we make resolutions to put that into action. It's not by happenstance that we all feel that at the beginning of the new year. So let's make it happen this year. This week, we're going to study Mosiah chapters 21 and 22. So a little bit longer of a podcast. And these chapters focus on the people of Limhi. And next week, we'll focus on Alma's people once again when we study chapters 23 and 24. And it's fun to be able to compare the similarities and the differences between these two groups of people. We learn so much about humanity and the Lord's interactions with us. We learn about circumstances and how much we add layers of emotions and hardships upon those circumstances. We also learn about God as our teacher, as our savior, as a parent to us. So let's dive in. Remember from the last episode, the Lamanites had broken their oath with the Nephites and they came up to battle against them. Some Lamanite daughters had gone missing and the Lamanites assumed it was those people in the city of Nephi that took them. But it wasn't. Remember the priests of Noah, the ones who hightailed it out of there when Noah was burned? It was them who had taken the daughters. But we don't find out about the reasons and the explanations for the Lamanites' rage until after there's an exceedingly sore battle. Really, both sides are fighting for their families. Luckily, it all gets sorted out, but not without a lot of bloodshed. Now, as we begin chapter 21, I want you to start likening the story unto you. 
think about a time when you felt afflicted. It can be when you were at odds with someone, or you are recovering from an unkindness, or life has taken a hard left that you never saw coming. Maybe you feel abandoned, left to flounder, and it hurts deeply. Whether it comes in human form or a sum of events, I want you to think of something you can relate to as we spend some time with Limhi's people. I believe when we do this, it takes us out of judgment and places us into compassion. And when we're in compassion, we can learn and we can liken these things to ourselves, making their experiences meaningful to us, allowing them to be our teachers and helping us to be teachable. We can also learn about the Lord and understand how and why he shows up the way he does in our own lives. So Limhi's people have gone back to the way things were before, but not really. Yes, their king made an oath again with Limhi that they wouldn't attack them. And the Lamanite armies went home. But the daughters are still missing. There is no resolution for the Lamanites, really. And though it doesn't spell it out, that this is the reason why the Lamanites are angry again. I don't doubt that this is why. This is something significant. Their daughters haven't returned. And maybe it wasn't the group of Nephites in the city who took them, but supposedly they were taken by a group of Nephites. And after many days, the Lamanites begin again to be stirred up in anger against the Nephites, and they began to come into the borders of the land round about. Now they durst not slay them because of the oath which their king had made unto Limhi. So what do they do? They smite the Nephites on their cheeks, exercise authority over them, and begin to put heavy burdens upon their backs and drive them. Can you place yourself in the Nephites' shoes right now? Working to pay off a tribute to the Lamanites, giving one half of all you possess, and being surrounded by guards to keep you in and not let you out, and the afflictions being great and no way of being able to deliver yourself from it. Well, can you imagine what all of that would bring up for you? (laughs) What would you do? Can you go back in your mind right now when your experience felt like a heavy burden on your back, where you felt like you were being slapped about with no escape, with no solutions, being driven and not allowed to act for yourself? How did you respond in that circumstance? How did you show up? Now, I know there was prophecy that this would all happen and it's being played out now they are living the warnings and the revelations of the prophet abinadi they had not repented they had entrapped themselves in the snares of sin and followed or at least supported a wicked king and though we have no idea where they would all rank on a scale of one to ten ten being the vilest of all sinners we know that they were warned We know they had been given time to repent, and now they were experiencing the fulfillment of the Word of God. So I think while 
taking all of that into consideration and recognizing that they are operating still on their own strength and they haven't fully repented yet of their transgressions. I believe that they are making some small steps in the right direction. They have a good king. They, when they were left to their own devices, they were striving for peace amongst themselves. But when afflicted by their oppressors, who shows up in them? The natural man or a disciple of Jesus Christ? (laughs) When you feel afflicted by whoever and whatever is oppressing you, who shows up for you? Well, the people felt trapped and they felt that they had no options and they murmur with the king because they desire to go to battle. And it sounds like to me when I read the scriptures that this is against the wisdom of Limhi. But after being sorely afflicted himself by their complaints, he gives in. <laughs> there isn't a mother out there who doesn't know what pressure King Limhi experienced, right? So the people prepare for battle and they put on their armor. And I want you to imagine under the circumstances when you are imagining yourself putting on your armor to go up against your enemy or your affliction, what is your preparation? If you're going up against them, that means you're taking the fight to them. And what do you do? Review their transgressions over and over again in your mind. Remove all of their humanity until you only see them as a hurtful threat. And do you allow your pain and your hurt to fuel you into a fiery anger, allowing the adrenaline that pumps through your veins to be your strength, forgetting how fleeting adrenaline can be and how weak it often leaves our bodies when it works itself out of our system. So the Nephites went forth against the Lamanites to drive them out of their lands. And it came to pass that the Lamanites did beat them and drove them back and slew many of them. So now when the Nephites couldn't see a way out before, their going to battle with their oppressors must have reinforced that belief. Yet the grief of all those who mourned for their lost husbands and fathers, sons and brothers, it stirred the Nephites up again to anger, and they went out again up against the Lamanites. And again, they suffered much loss, and they even went up a third time and suffered a great loss again. Not once. Not twice, but three times they experienced defeat and a huge loss of lives. And that isn't including the two battles that they had had prior with the Lamanites. King Limhi's people are stricken with grief. There's no way on their own merits, with their own strength and skill, that they could rise up and remove this affliction of bondage from being opposed upon them. And I believe that the only thing, the only thing left for them to try at this point is to humble themselves, even to the dust. Have you experienced this agony? When you come to the Lord finally and say, 
I have no idea what is to be done. I have fought. I have raged. I've angered. I have feared. And I've attacked some more, but none of it is working. And I'm tired, and I'm scared, and I am weak. So I submit. And that is what the Nephites did. They subjected themselves to their persecutors. They submitted themselves, allowing the Lamanites to smite them and to drive them to and fro. They accepted the burdens that were placed on them by their enemies, turning anger into meekness. However, this wasn't in a weak sort of manner because all the while now they were turning to God. Now they were humbling themselves to him and becoming teachable, trying to learn his ways and trying to try them on and then begging him to deliver them because they knew it was only he who could deliver them now. So now, instead of insisting that things be on their timeline and impatiently insisting that they had experienced enough through hot arguments and sore complaining, they were now humbly submitting themselves to the Lord's time frame. It took a lot of grief and anguish to get them there. And that sometimes is reflected as truth in our own lives. It sometimes takes a lot to remind us to look to him or to humble ourselves, admitting that our ways might not be the best way or even the right way. Sometimes what is required of us is subjecting and submitting and humbling ourselves. It's not natural to us, is it? That is when that natural man has to be put off. Now this is where we learn something about the Lord and how he responds. He was slow to hear their cries because of their iniquities. He heard their cries And he even began to soften the hearts of the Lamanites, which is sort of hard for the Nephites to see in the moment, right? If you're in a conflict with someone, it's hard to see what's going on in their hearts. People can conceal those sorts of things so well and hide them when they want to for protection because of pride. But what is prevalent in your mind is your heart and your cries. And the Lord was slow to hear those. He was slow to make the experience stop. And the scriptures say here, it was because of their iniquities. And I believe we also can add, because his work isn't complete yet, or the lessons haven't been fully learned yet. And that work and those lessons are about restoring, they're about redeeming, And also testifying of who he is and what his place in their life should be. And that takes time when you're working with a bunch of children who have agency, right? So though he may have been slow to 
answer the cries of the people and deliver them out of bondage. He did soften the hearts of the Lamanites that they began to ease their burdens. And incredibly, the Nephites began to prosper by degrees, which I love that description. Everything good was happening to this people by degrees. There are no quick solutions and there's no quick deliverance, no quick relief from the suffering, no quick change of heart. Everything prospered by degrees. And that is meaningful to me because that is scripture. (laughs) And that tells me that nothing has gone wrong for me if I too am prospering by degrees during my trials. It tells me that I should examine and see if there are any wrongs that I need to right. And it also tells me that God might not be finished taking me from point A to point B. But prospering by degrees, well, that's a description of his work as well. So moving on, what do we see happen to these people as a result of their suffering and subjecting and submitting and their humbling? They begin to have ideas come to them and they start acting upon them. They have a desire to support the widows and their children. And at this point, there are many of those to support. They didn't want them to perish with hunger. And they kept together in a body as much as possible. And to me, this sounds like the baby steps that a people preparing to be God's people would make. It sounds like what Alma and the children of Christ had done and were doing, imparting of their substance one to another, taking care of one another. Those that had more were giving to those who had less, and they were knitting their hearts together in unity and in love towards one another. That is the effect of the Lord re-entering their midst and him inspiring them to do what his people would do. And they continued to look for those priests of Noah who had caused so much grief to come upon the Nephites because of the priests' actions. Not only in taking the Lamanites' daughters, but also sneaking into the land of Nephi and stealing their grain and precious things. Things that they needed. They were living on 50% already. And now they were providing for all of the widows and their families with less men to do all the work. Yet those priests of Noah were skimming from their valuable resources. It's at this point in time that Ammon and his men from Zarahemla enter the picture. This is why they were captured and bound. Because the Nephites suspected that Ammon and his brethren might be the priests of Noah coming in trying to sneak stuff. Makes sense now, doesn't it? And when Ammon and his men learn of all that had been experienced by these descendants of Zenith, they were filled with sorrow, for many of their brethren had been slain, and Noah and his priests had caused the people to commit so many sins and iniquities against God, and they had killed a prophet of God, and Ammon and his men, they mourned for Abinadi's death. And they also mourned for the departure of Alma and the people who went with them. They didn't know where he had gone. Because remember, Ammon and his men 
they were covenant keepers and would have gladly joined with this group because they too desired to serve God and keep his commandments. But what's neat is that since Ammon had arrived, King Limhi and many of his people, they also entered into a covenant with God. They were now ready to serve God and to keep his commandments. Remember, King Limhi expressed gratitude and thanks when he learned where Ammon had come from. He knew God had sent them. Hearts were changing. And though Limhi and his people desired to be baptized, they had to wait for that step. Ammon didn't feel worthy to do such a thing. And so again, the people spiritually prospered by degrees, preparing their hearts by purifying their desires and then waiting upon the spirit of the Lord to open up an opportunity for them to be baptized and to be delivered out of bondage. Now, they knew they couldn't go up against the Lamanites. They were too few and the Lamanites were too strong. And somehow they would need to leave the city of Nephi with all of their women and children and their flocks and herds and tents and venture into the wilderness. But how would that be possible? And enter Gideon again. Remember him? He was the man who was about to overtake Noah, but let him go when he saw that the Lamanites were coming up against them. He was the one who organized secret search parties to go and find King Noah, who had taken off with his priests and some men. He was the one who counseled with Limhi, reminding the king of the missing priests and how they were to blame for the Lamanites' daughters who had gone missing. He was the king's captain, and he approached the king with a suggestion. He drew the king's attention to the back pass, and through the back wall on the back side of the city, he knew that this was a weak point. The Lamanite guards, he knew they would get drunk each night. And if the king notified the people to gather their flocks and herds and to be ready, Gideon planned to then go and pay the last tribute of wine to the Lamanites, allowing the people to leave through the secret pass on the left of the Lamanites' camp while the guards slept. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) This plan was accepted and it was executed. Limhi and his people were able to escape from the sleeping Lamanites and make their way through the wilderness to the city of Zarahemla. Miraculous. It, w- it is a miracle that the Lamanite army wasn't able to close in upon them. That after a couple of days, they lost their tracks. All those women and children, <laughs> all those flocks and herds. Have you ever been around moving animals? They're not quiet. If the Nephites had won the first battle, when their oppressors were afflicting them, what would have changed? (laughs) If they would have won because of their anger and their own strength, what would have changed? What would have changed for them if Noah had gone on leading them? 
Or if Noah had passed away and another took his stead, we don't know that it would have been Limhi. We don't know if the people ever would have recovered spiritually. And why did the Lord see fit to take this people and bring them back unto him? Through all this lengthy process of grief and turmoil, he didn't give up on them. He kept his covenant to them even when they had forgotten theirs. In your experience, what do you need to learn? What purpose is this affliction in the middle of performing? And by how many degrees are you already down the path? Think about it. Why has victory been withheld from you? What is left to change in your heart? What lessons are left undone? And what miracle is waiting for you that requires some submission just for a time? I encourage you to ask him. Sister Scriptorians, if you haven't signed up to receive the Sister Scriptorian Ponder Prompts for this episode and several of the past episodes, also along with the Let God Prevail series, I encourage you to go to sisterscriptorians.com and sign up today. Also, I would love to hear your experience that has been on your heart today. Email me and share it with me. I'd love to connect with you.